When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in episode 28 of the Unidentified Alien podcast. Stephen Diener right here. Karen Curtis over there. Glad to have you back with us. Or if it's your first time joining us, then sit back and enjoy. And you can always find the other episodes too, and we'll tell you how. Karen, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good. Today is going to be, I think, a lot of fun. I think we're going to have fun with this one because we're going to venture, we're going to venture off the beating path a little bit, off the traditional path that we've taken throughout the course of this show but still tie it back to the mystery and aliens and things of that nature. But we're going to talk a little bit more about giants. Did they really exist? It's sort of weird. You know, we talked about different types and species of aliens. Right. And I think we kind of sort of got into different sizes of aliens. Mm -hmm. But this idea of giant people maybe being hybrid human aliens. Right. And hairy, wild Big giant men. So they're getting <laughs> so things are getting weird in here now, <laughs> but we got a lot to get to with that. So it, it's it's going to be fun. But before we get into these mysteries here today, Karen, do you have a factoid for us? I do. Oh, good. So I'm going to since we're talking about giants today. Did you know there's tiny people that live in Hawaii? Excuse and I'm not, me. Yeah, <laughs> tiny little people. They're not gnomes. Okay. They're called minahune. Oh, the minahune. Sure. Yeah, it's M E N E H U N E. Minahune, because the, in the Hawaiian language, you pronounce all the vowels. Which I worked there in radio. So you know. I well, it took me a while to know how to say stuff. I would get people calling, tell her it's maka wow, because I'd say maka wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day it came over the wire. They had just passed the state fish, the humu humu nuku nuku oi fish. You still remember to this day. Oi. <laughs> anyway, you. the yes. uh, Minahune are mythological dwarf people mm-hmm. in the Hawaiian tradition, and they're said to live in the deep forests and hidden valleys of the Hawaiian islands, and they are hidden so far away from human settlements that they're rarely seen, but they are the, the Minahuni is the mascot of the U.S., of the uh, UH Rainbow Warriors, the Hawaiian. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that before. Football team. I, right. I went to the University of Hawaii. Right. And the Minahuni are described as superb craftspeople. They huh. build temples, fish ponds, roads, canoes, and houses. Nice. That's fun. But they're just little tiny. Yes, little tiny houses. Now let me ask you this: Were there any actual sightings? Like, would people say, "Hey, I saw a Minahuni in you know the, the forest the other day"? Did people ever come to you? You being a newscaster, respected newscaster, and and journalist. 
Did they ever come to you and say, we, we saw some? Only on the sidelines of the college football games. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so there we're talking about little, little people. Here we're going to be talking about giant people because I think, I think, and again, you can always make up your own mind, and that's what we do here. We present you with the, the evidence, I suppose you could say, and you make up your own mind on, you know, what you think might be the case. But I think there's a real case for this here today, Karen, there that is. giants did exist. That there's evidence that they did exist. Now, and maybe they still do. I don't know. But we'll get to that. But first, how about we go in chronological order? Let's okay. go back thousands of years Ooh. to Old Testament times. Oh, because boy. Because we're getting biblical here today. In the Hebrew Bible, there is a group of people, a race of giants, as they were referred to in the Bible, as the Nephilim. The mysterious beings. Nephilim. Yes. Nephilim. Now, they're described as unusually large size mm-hmm. and unusually uh, unusual amount of strength. And they lived both before and after the Great Flood with Noah. Are they like Beowulf? I don't know. Not really, because, well, they're referenced in Genesis, oh, the book of Genesis, way back. and the book of Numbers. So pretty much, and maybe the book of Ezekiel, there's some, you know, fights or, or debate about that. The, now, it comes from the Hebrew word, pretty much Nephilim, but spelled with an F instead of a PH is how we say it in, in English. Sometimes directly translated to giants. Okay, well, there you go. Or it can be taken to mean the fallen ones, mm. which there's a reason for that that we're going to get to. And it's from the Hebrew word nafal, which means to fall. Ah, with a P-H. Right. So there's a couple of different you know, derivatives where, where, where this came from, and that's important. But the identity of the Nephilim is debated by scholars. Now, they are mentioned just before the flood, uh, the, the flood account, I guess I should say, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. Now, in that, in that verse, it states, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went into the daughters of humans who bore children to them. These were the heroes awesome. that were of old, warriors of renown, and this such as Goliath, who was a famous warrior. So, so they're hybrids again, is what they're saying. That's one of the theories, and it's, it's been a longstanding theory when it comes to the Nephilim especially, that they are some type of hybrid of fallen angels. Because if you go back to the Son of God reference there in the book of Genesis, sons of God, not son of God, sons of God, then that refers to angels. Angels were called, there were different references according to Bible scholars throughout the Bible, throughout books in the Old Testament, Ezekiel being one of them, which we just mentioned, that the term sons of God referred back to angels. I thought Lucifer was a fallen angel. That's what they say, yes. Huh. That's what they say. So they say that the fallen angels came down to earth. Other fallen angels came down to earth and impregnated human women. And then you end up having these hybrid human angels Whoa. who became giants, who became these this race of Nephilim, as they're called now. And Goliath was a Nephilim. Well, not necessarily. Okay. So that's that's also debated because they say, anyway, that Goliath actually comes from... Um, a family of giants, oh. <laughs> which I I didn't know, but he had sons who were also considered to be giants oh, too. Oh. Now, just to put, so he had his own basketball team. He did, and I, I want to get to to Goliath's size here, but I, just to get back to this real quick because the the Nephilim are mentioned again in the book of Numbers, in chapter thirteen. It says as uh, the Israelites were preparing to enter the land of Canaan, 
It says in this in this uh, verse uh, 32 through 33, it says, So they brought to the Israelites an un- un- unfavorable report of the land that they had spied out, saying, quote, The land that we have gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great size. Hmm. There we saw the Nephilim. I mean, it names them directly. There we saw the Nephilim, and to ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Wow, that's pretty big compared to, yeah, a grasshopper's tiny. Right. So you're talking about, with Goliath, well, we'll get to his size in a minute, but the Nephilim were said to be even bigger than the size we're going to get to about Goliath. And you have this direct account in the book of Numbers from the Israelites who were trying to spy out on some land, basically doing a land survey. And they see these giant beings that they knew as the Nephilim. And it's even said that they were kind of cannibals at some point. Oh, Lord. So Maybe it was God tinkering around and he finally got the size of humans right. Maybe. Or these fallen angels, you know, went Uh, against God like an Adam and Eve type thing, eating the apple from the tree type thing. And it's even theorized that maybe that's why the Great Flood happened in the first place. What, so they couldn't swim? That (laughs) Just God trying to destroy these... Uh, Maybe maybe what he looked at as abominations, right. something that he did not want on the earth, but they still survived after the flood as well, which oh, there's maybe some, they could swim. some theories about that that we'll get to okay. as well. So tell us about Goliath, because he's one of the best known giants in the Bible. Oh, absolutely. So he's described, Karen, and you know this, as a champion out of the camp of the Philistines. The Philistines. Yes. Now, his height, as described in the Bible, was six cubits in his span. So what the heck does that mean? Yeah, what's a cubit? We had to look it up. I'm not going to pretend to be smart <laughs> that, that I knew this offhand because I did not. So according to the book of Samuel in chapter 17, verse 4, uh, it translates to 11 feet 3 inches. Um, See, this, that's where his size, six cubits in his span, came from was that book of Samuel. 11 feet. So... Don't let it be said that we don't dig deep. This time, Stephen was in the Bible digging out actual Bible verses for you. I got verses. I got Bible scholar quotes. Oh I got gosh. Google searches on cubits and spans. Yeah, A lot of research on this one. 11 feet three. Wow, that's tall. That's pretty tall. That's that, I mean, that would make you know someone like Shaq look like a little kid. <laughs> you can imagine that. But there's some scholars that say, what, the Bible translates his height as four cubits in a span, which would put him at what? Now, seven, eight, which right. is feasible. Which is feasible. So, I mean, well, how is four cubits smaller than three cubits? No, six cubits is oh, where six. they had Oh, six. Excuse them. me. Right. I apologize. Okay. No, it's, uh, it's, it's confusing. I'm so confused. So you oh, have... I got the three inches mixed up. That's okay. all right. It happens. So you have. You have, again, different interpretations. And honestly, when you're dealing with the Bible, you're always going to be dealing with different interpretations. There's no... There's there's a lot of different versions of the Bible. That's true. Some have 66 books, some whatever. Right. So, and this might be a controversial statement that I'm about to say, but there's really no, in my opinion, right answer when it comes to the Bible because you have different interpretations from different scholars, different sects of Christianity, of Judaism. So there's, there's, you know, there's a lot to be said for what might be trying to be said in the Bible itself. So even when it comes to Goliath's size, there's different interpretations and debate of what it might actually be. But if you go with that six cubits in a span, you're talking over 11 feet tall. That's which, very tall. Which is insane to even think about. So he was either, you know, a center for the Knicks or he was like really <laughs> tall. But it doesn't stop there, Karen. Oh, gosh. We have more giants in the Bible. There are actually other races. Did you know that? Because no. the Nephilim, I think, are probably the most famous 
um, referenced giants in the Bible. If, if you kind of dive deep into the stuff like I have in the past, you know about the Nephilim, you've heard about them before. But there's actually other races of giants that are mentioned throughout the Bible, such as the Emites, the Ammonites, and the Rephaim. Then hmm. those are all referred to in the book of Deuteronomy. One of the most prominent Rephaim was Og. Who, oh. Well, I think you might have heard of Og before I've heard of him. He was the king of Bashan. And they say that he slept in what was referred to as a bedstead of iron. <laughs> wow. Imagine going to rooms to go and they're advertising yeah. a, a bedstead of iron on sale. Yes. Memorial Day sale, bedstead of iron. <laughs> that thing was huge. It was nine cubits, according nine to Deuteronomy. Cubits. Uh, what is it? Verse uh, uh, chapter chapter three, three, verse eleven. And now again, a cubit was the distance. In case you're wondering what a cubit oh, yeah. is, it's the distance that they measured from the elbow to the fingertips. So you can do that yourself if you measure from your elbow to your fingertips. But that's everyone's a cubit. got a different size arm. Well, in, in Og's case, <laughs> and a foot is actually from your elbow to your. Wrist. To your wrist. Yeah. So if you go by that measurement, they say that his bed and his casket, by the way, his oh, coffin, yeah. were both measured at 14 feet long. Hmm. So if you're talking about that, unless you wanted some extra leg room, you might actually have a reference here in Og, the king of Bashan back in, you know, Old Testament times, might have been bigger than Goliath. You know, my dad's reading the Bible right now, and he was telling me that in, in the Bible, you had people living for a couple hundred years. Right. And women in their 90s having children. That's true. So Sarah anything and, uh, goes. Sarah with Abraham is a, is a classic case of that with yeah. uh, Isaac. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So what happened to these people, these big people? Well, there's some theories out there. Maybe Karen. they moved to other lands? They could have because, how about this? There were eight-foot, ancient, eight-foot-tall statues that were found on the island of Sardinia, which is in the Mediterranean Sea, and these could be a clue. Yeah. Now, the only thing we know about them is that basically they exist. Yeah, they do exist. And here's an excerpt. This is either from Ancient Aliens or the History Channel. Here we go. Somewhere there. The most popular theory that currently prevails regarding the origin of the eight-foot-tall sculptures is that they're a product of the Nuragic civilization who lived on Sardinia between 1800 to 240 BCE when they lost their land to the ever-expanding Roman Empire. They left very little behind themselves in the form of written records, and unusually, there are few mentions made of them in the writings of any other civilization or culture. What they did leave behind, though, is their stonework, and the giant statues may be examples of it at its best. It wasn't until 1974 that the sculptures were found close to Cabras in the island's west, and they immediately puzzled the team that found them because of the large disc shapes that represent their eyes. Because ancient tombs were found close to their position, it might be that they're intended to be guardians of the dead. Now. They look like C-3PO <laughs> in do. Star Wars. I think Hollywood goes back and they look at 
all of these different types of things that have been found over the years, and they that's how they design their characters. I you in might these be right. Extraterrestrial movies. Yeah, you might be right because when you see the picture and and you actually we have them up right now on our UAP blog. Where all the fun stuff is at, 850WFTL.com. You can find all the past shows and all the past blogs to go along with those shows as well. And you can see the pictures and right there. And at our Twitter page, you're going to tweet it out, yes? Yes, okay. that's right. Because uh, we do have our new UAP show Twitter page you can Twitter follow. Twitter handle, what is it? It's UAP. It's UA Podcast 850. Okay. See, I have kind of dual purpose there Got of the P. It. UA Podcast 850. You can follow the show on Twitter. Um, and we'll again, we'll have the, the link for those pictures up there too. Because when you see these things, number one, they're very tall. Like we said, they're about eight feet tall, and they have these weird necks. Even it's a very, it's a weird shaped head. They have these long necks and these giant disc shaped eyes. So, kind of like we talked about last week, with you know some of the strange statues that were found with those uh, you know the no arms, eyes, yeah. yeah, and the bulging eyes. You either had very bad artists. <laughs> or you had yes. you had artists who you know sculptors who were trying to sculpt something specifically of what they were seeing, and if that's the case, what were they yeah, seeing? Because right. these don't really look like humans the I way know. that these are sculpted, and it's a, and it's an, an ancient civilization that is are barely in any records. So is it possible that this civilization that these statues are made after connected somehow? to the giants of old from the Old Testament. Well, here's what they had to say about that. When we talk about the term Nephilim, it is associated with genetic hybrid entities. What this translates to me is that they were part extraterrestrial. Part of that story involves the Great Flood. So it's also possible that they decided to set up new camps beyond the ones that were destroyed. So we have to wonder if Sardinia perhaps was a refuge for the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. It's a question that should be asked, and of course, you know, it's in, it's a reference from ancient aliens there. Of course, we're always going to ask, is this connected to aliens, which is a fair question, and that's, you know, the questions we ask as well, because um, when you see the statues, again, on our blog page at 850WFTL.com, they don't look human. No. So, were they, were, were the Nephilim, you heard them say Nephilim, yeah. so whatever, however you want to pronounce it, I say Nephilim. Were they connected somehow to aliens? Were they fallen angels? Maybe some type of, you know, giant race that weren't the Nephilim were connected to aliens, and these statues represent those. So, because according to the Bible, from the uh, excerpts that we read, there were other races of giants. Another size accounts. I think God's up there going, uh, no, we need to make this homogenous. We need them all <laughs> the same size so they can build buildings to live in. Yes. You can't have like different height people living in different buildings. It would be crazy. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating it question. It is. And it feels like the proof is there, at least from ancient times, that these types of, of beings existed. Yeah. I mean, there's photographic evidence of that. We'll get to that in a moment. Mm. But there's also some, um, I, w- I don't want to say it's Paul Bunyan, but it's it's like... <laughs> Really huge Minoan axes, like tools for they were made. They're giant for unknown purposes. Yeah, so th- these these are ancient axes. Okay, so we're going back again a few thousand years, and they belong to the Minoan people. They lived on the island of Crete. Mm-hmm. Now these things are so big and heavy that it was impossible, absolutely impossible, to even consider that a normal sized human being could pick this thing up. Yeah, only Thor could. Yes, that's right. And if you if you don't believe us or if you don't know what we're talking about, 
again, I'll reference the website because we have the pictures of these axes up there as well. They exist. They do exist. This is not some type of, you know, uh, hypothetical thing. What if these axes existed? No, these have been found. They're in museum um, in Crete. And we have the picture of it up on 850WFTL.com on the UAP blog to search the podcast section and go to UAP and you'll see our blog page. But why did they create them, I wonder? That's what we're trying to figure out. I don't know. And who was picking them up? I know. <laughs> right. Because Maybe they were ceremonial or something. They could have been ceremonial because if you're, if you're asking the question, they could have been symbolic, they could have been ceremonial, or were they made for and by giant warriors? Ah, yeah. The question must be asked. It's possible. Let's listen. You'll find people who claim that there was once a species of giant humans living on our planet alongside regular-sized humans. There's very little evidence to support their claim, but... The existence of old battle weapons like these enormous Minoan axes helps to add a little credence to their claims. You can tell just by looking at them that there's no way a normal-sized human would ever be able to pick them up or use them in battle. So what else could they have been made for? All of the axes that have so far been recovered from the Minoan Megaron area of Nehru date back between 1700 and 1300 BCE, Mm. and some of them have been heavily and ornately decorated. That makes it possible that they were used for ceremonial or worshipful purposes, but picking them up for a ceremony would still have been extremely difficult, (laughs) and we don't know of any culture who ever worshipped axes. Their existence is a riddle, but that still doesn't mean that they were made for giant warriors. Now, I will disagree with Voice Guy there, who has nice funky music. By I was saying that porn music. Yeah, in the I don't back. know what's going on there. But I will disagree with him when he says that, you know, there's not a lot of evidence to suggest that giants existed because I think we're making yeah. a pretty good case that yeah. they just might have. Yeah. But, you know, okay, it might just be as simple as it was ceremonial, it was symbolic. Maybe they got, a, you know, 20 guys to help and lift this axe. And for whatever reason, that's something that was important to them. There's a lot. Still, you know, that we may not know just about ancient cultures that existed just because there weren't a lot of there wasn't a lot of record keeping about them. Do you know what the axes are made of? What metal? Because they they were believed to be the Minoans are considered to be a mysterious advanced culture and one of the oldest Bronze Age civilizations right. in Europe. Right. Yeah, they were they were very good with uh, sculpting. They used to sculpt little seals, I suppose. They 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 say anyway. They, those were carved out of like a ivory and bone and soft stones. But the axes themselves, they look bronze to me. Yeah. I mean, just just by kind of looking at it from the the eye test. But it's it's a weird one, you know, because maybe maybe we're digging too deep on it. I don't know. You make up your own mind. But when you start to think about this ancient culture that there's barely any record of, and they have these giant axes, you have to ask yourself at least ask yourself the question: Why? Why were these things created, and who was using them? And they even produced uh, sophisticated types of lenses. I'm guessing, yeah, like, like so, glasses. Yeah, so they were they were ahead of their time. They were very ahead of their time. Very, it's 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 an odd one. I yeah. will I will admit that it's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that one. But we will fast forward, Karen. Okay. To modern times, anyway, modern enough. About a hundred years ago. Okay. In 1933. We go to Steelville, Missouri. Oh, Steelville. All right, we're going to time travel here. Now, there was a little boy named Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Little Johnny. That's right. Now, he was hunting for arrowheads, as any good boy in Missouri would do in 1933, which, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, their their thing on their their, logo is an arrowhead. 
So that, that's that's their thing. It's fun to find those. I'm from Michigan, and we had we had all kinds of different Indian tribes. I went to Chippewa oh, yeah. Middle School, and you know the Central Michigans. There, the Chippewas. I mean, it, there there were a lot of arrowheads up there. Sure, huge you know a, a huge history of Indians in that area. So American Indians. So they you know you go around and try to find some of these relics. That's what he was doing. Now he was in a place called Puckett's Cave. Okay. Okay. Now at that time, he reached something. White in a in a hole. He was, you know, looking for these arrowheads. Thought maybe that's an arrowhead. In the Merrimack River Bluff. Oh yes, I know it well. You do. <laughs> and when he reached into that hole in the ground, he came up with a handful of human bones. Huh. Or, or so the story goes. Now, of course, you kind of get scared when you come up with human bones. So. Billy is 16 years old at the time. Is this in the Ozarks? It is. Okay. In the Ozarks in Missouri. So what he did, according to his account and his family, as you know, the, the generations went on, he put it down, dashed home, told everybody, gathered some courage and some reinforcements, then came back and they dug up the site where he found the bones. Don't you have to call police when you find bones, when you well, dig up bones? 1933, things might have oh, been yeah. different in the Ozarks. By the way, the oldest person on the U.S. died. She was like, what, 114 shows. She would have been alive during this time. Maybe she was there. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe it was her husband. Maybe. We could have called her and asked her if she remembered the story. <laughs> so when they went to go dig everything up, they were going through all this ash and limestone debris uh. because there have been a lot... In the past, a lot of different Indian relics found in those areas, of course, right? I mean, they, they lived there. They had societies and cultures there. Now, when they dug, it turned up the complete skeleton of what they say was an eight-foot giant. What? Eight feet. So they, they, they put it together, and it was eight feet. Well, pretty much. I mean, it was essentially a complete skeleton. I mean, it stretched missing, out like an enormous length. Yeah, Stretching out eight feet long. And, you know, might have been missing some pieces here and there, but they put it together and they brought it to, I guess, the town doctor, this doctor named R.C. Parker. And they stretched out the skeleton to its enormous size in the hallway of his office mm -hmm. and made it like an exhibition for people to come and see. Look at the giant skeleton. Everybody come see. So there are accounts of people who lived at that time who told their kids and their grandkids, I saw the skeleton at Dr. Parker's office in 1933. So we actually have the picture of the skeleton, and they, they took a picture that was in the newspaper at the time. And it's a, it's a picture of that clipping from the newspaper that's on the blog right now on 850wftl.com on the UAP blog, where someone is laying next to the eight-foot skeleton so you can see the size comparison and, and the difference. It's pretty wild. Well, this isn't so, a, and I mean, it may not be an alien thing because there's, there's something called gigantism. Sure. It's a it's a condition. It's mm -hmm. an abnormal growth due to excess an excess of growth hormone, the right. GH hormone in childhood. And some people do grow to be like eight feet tall, but in this case, that it was so old, right? You know, you're not going to get growth hormone injections anywhere. I don't know. But here's what they had to say about the giant skeleton in Dr. Parker's office. Giant hunters Jim Vieira and James Clary have just uncovered an astounding clue in their investigation into an eight-foot giant. That's a photograph, man. That's wild. Reportedly unearthed in a cave in the 1930s. That's amazing. On it is a picture of a six-foot guy next to the eight-foot skeleton in Doc Parker's office. I yeah. can say without reservation, that is a photo, and yeah. that, that, that's a game changer in my book. The skeleton, a six-foot guy next to it, it's like, what can you say to it? Here you go. What's, 
The skeleton is now on exhibition at the office of Dr. R.C. Parker. We see the name of Dr. Parker. Dr. Parker. Is in receipt of a letter from Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. And requested that he ship the skeleton to Washington for study by the experts, as they think it is that of a giant of prehistoric times. Holy Wow. <laughs> the path leads to the Smithsonian. I hope the Smithsonian paid for the shipping. <laughs> it's a good point. It's going to be kind of heavy. Can you imagine? It's a big... It's a big package there <laughs> the mailman is like what but that's where the story kind of takes a, a yeah. strange turn and that was a show from the history channel they actually made a little bit uh, a little series out of the hunt for the truth behind this skeleton in the ozarks and what they end up finding basically was it was shipped to the smithsonian the smithsonian reached out to dr parker and said hey um might have found something here can you send it over to us because like they said in the clip it might be of prehistoric descent and if that's the case this might have even predated the American Indians. Wow, okay. So you're talking about a possible thing here where you have this eight-foot skeleton. You can refer to it as a giant because eight feet is taller than anybody who's around right now. Right. You know, you have basketball players like Yao Ming who were 7'5", mm -hmm. Andre the Giant who was, you know, I think about that same height, 7'4", or 7'5", who was, you know, of course a famous wrestler. Um, it's just so you have people, of course, who are over seven feet tall. There's no doubt about that. And uh, giganticism is, is a real condition. Andre the Giant had that. That's what made him so huge. All his limbs, his hands. There's a famous picture of Andre the Giant holding a beer can. And it looks like it looks like a toy. I mean, it's insane. There's actually it looks a, like a roll of toilet paper. Can I tell a side story about Andre sure, the Giant go real ahead. quick, and then I can get back into this because this is probably my most favorite story about anything ever of all time. Oh my! Andre the Giant, if you're not familiar, was a famous wrestler with WWE at that time. It was WWF in the '80s, and he went all around the world, wrestled in Mexico and Japan and everything like that. But mainly, WWF was his thing. Hulk Hogan, all those guys. So there was one time they were on the road, and he was so big that he would have trouble getting into cars and airplanes oh, sure, and things like I that. Sure, I can imagine. And but the thing about Andre the Giant was he was a notorious drinker, and he could drink out. He could out drink anybody. He would drink bottles of wine at a time because of his size. And he was from France, so he liked his wine. So one night he just got so drunk. He was French. He was French. Yes, Andre the Giant. That's right. So one night he got so drunk. And the, they, they get back to the hotel. It's Hulk Hogan, some of those old-time wrestlers. And they're like, what do we do with Andre? He just passed out in the lobby. <gasps> no. He just, he's asleep. He's passed out in the lobby. Who's going to carry him to the room? So they said, let's just put a blanket over him. <laughs> so they put a blanket over him. They come out the next morning from their rooms. They come out to the lobby, and people are sitting on him oh my because they thought he was a sofa. He's <laughs> <laughs> so big, and they couldn't see the rest of his body because he's covered in this blanket. They thought he was a couch <laughs> that they can lounge on in the lobby. So Overstuffed. Just, yes, exactly. Oh, so, my God. It's that rooms to go. That's right. It's a, it's a little side story there. It's a there. Cindy Crawford edition. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to get sidetracked. Oh my God, that is such a good story. I love that story. But getting back to this eight-foot giant that was found in the Ozarks, so that's kind of where the story takes a that's strange turn. That would be a love seat. Yes, that's right. 
that's where it took a strange turn was that the Smithsonian did ask for it. And yeah. then we lose track of it from there. And oh, of course, no. this, the Smithsonian denies that this ever happened. Oh. And they can't find any answers as to why or where this thing went and who has it now? Where Where is it in the Smithsonian? There's All photographs have, of it, though, at Dr. That's Parker's it. office. All we have are the photographs, and that photograph is on our blog on 850WFTL.com. Search UAP on the podcast, and you'll you'll find that page. So it's it's a strange one. I don't know. But they say this thing could range, Karen, from either 100 years old to 2,000 years old. They never got a definitive answer. But if that's the case, you're talking a prehistoric giant skeleton that was in America. Maybe it was a Bigfoot. Maybe. Because you also have to kind of ask the question, what about Bigfoot? Yeah. And other variations like the skunk ape, like the Yeti. Yeah. Things like that. Are they connected somehow? The abominable snowman. Yes. And it's just, look, I'm not saying that it is, okay? You make up your own mind. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Are the legends of Bigfoot and, you know, the, the, the Yeti, skunk ape here in South Florida, because that's, that's where we're located here in South Florida— and the, there were reports of what they call the skunk ape in the Everglades. And it's essentially Bigfoot in the Everglades. And boy, does it stink. Stinks, which is why they call it the skunk ape. Oof. Very smelly, according to all the accounts of people who have come in contact anyway. Um, but could they be connected to these ancient giants somehow? Like, was Goliath a Bigfoot? Maybe. Was I think it all comes down to whether or not they were hair suit. Well. They, they were hairy. Yeah, that's the thing. There's accounts of these giant hairy men from ancient times. Um, and what is the deal with these giant hairy men? All cultures across the world, whether it's South America, Native American Indians, Europe, Russia, China, Tibet, Australia, all these nations have legends and tales of giant hairy wild men. Now, you know, people say, well, legends are just legends. But when you have cultures and countries separated by oceans, all talking about very similar things, to me, this does suggest that in times past, these things were very, very prevalent and widespread across the world. Mm. Giant hairy wild men. That's right. That's a, <laughs> it's a new band. <laughs> it does sound like a good band. Love it. Like a ska band. But it sounds like, again, and that's a good point there, is, and this is something we've brought up on our own when it comes to different accounts of ancient aliens, whether it was an account from you know people in Mexico, whether it was an account from people in Japan, whether it was yeah. someone in you know the Middle East. Look, you Easter have, Island, those huge statues. Right, exactly. So you have these different cultures around the world at times where at least we think there was no way of communicating having the same reports of the same type of beings. And it's the same thing when it comes to these giant humans were very hairy. So was that some type of Bigfoot, some type of giant alien that relates to what we're talking about? These are all questions that are very interesting. It must be asked, especially was Goliath a Bigfoot? Whether or not Goliath is a Bigfoot, uh, they definitely sit within the same category of a creature which clearly is not human, but clearly is also present here and which is taller than our ancestors were. My question is, what is the truth behind this particular story. And it is possible, as some scholars have suggested, that Goliath might have been an extraterrestrial, that he was a type of giant, a human abomination, a half alien, half human creature, so horrendous that David took it upon himself to vanquish that beast. Giorgio Sukalos, love him from Ancient Aliens. Oh, yeah.
He's always got the angle there. And the hair sticking straight up. Oh, yes, it's classic. But I don't know if I'm ready to make that leap. But, again, I guess the question can and should be asked if we're presenting all this evidence about Giants and all the accounts of Giants. I think the most damning thing for me was that account from Numbers where they talked about the scouts going out to Canaan to look for land for the Israelites, and they come back talking about the Nephilim being there and devouring the inhabitants. So I guess it's anything's possible. Anything's possible. I'm surprised that, you know, men like Constantine or whoever, the the, uh, King James version of the Bible, they allowed those books to be in there because of these references. It's interesting. You know, because they threw out a bunch of different books to make sure that we didn't have, like, weird stuff going on. So how much of this is real? How How much much of it's real? It's it's, still in the Bible. Yeah. It it makes you wonder. Were giants real? Maybe there's still giants out there. Is Bigfoot, is Bigfoot related to some of those ancient giants? And he's still out there. I don't know. These are all questions that I mean, hopefully you make up your own mind. I mean, Rudolph the rain, Red-Nosed Reindeer, you had the bumble that yes, doesn't bounce. That's right. Bumbles, <laughs> bumbles can't swim, but they bounce. <laughs> they bounce. That's right. Oh. It's so weird. References everywhere. Well, on that note, Karen, I should say before we wrap up that... Um, We have an exciting announcement, aside from our new Twitter page, where you can follow the show, at UAPodcast850, 850. Well, the P has a dual purpose. Oh, I see. I'm so sorry. Yes. So you have the UAP, but then you have podcast, but the P serves the both. Got it. P and the podcast. So UAPodcast850 is where you can follow the show on Twitter, and we'll have the show posted there and things like that, so you can follow along every week. We, please feel free, leave us comments, leave us feedback of things that you heard. Maybe you have your own theories about some of the things that we've talked about, um, good or bad. You know, we'll, we'll take it. It's okay. We're, we're big boys and girls. And then, how about this? We're going to have a new feature. Yes. Starting next week. Because you just don't get enough of us <laughs> once a week. On every Tuesday, you can expect to see the drop of... The UAP alien update. Because you know what? To this day, people are seeing aliens walking around right. the Earth. And so we're going to give you the latest updates of the latest spottings. That's right. Of UAPs. Right. So, you know, we always, we're kind of, take some of some, some famous stories, some not so famous stories, but it could be from different time frames. But on this, we're just going to be kind of a quick thing, give you the update on the latest alien sightings around the world. Something kind of quick and interesting for you to consume to keep you up to date on some of the things that people are seeing out there right and now. And if you see something weird, let us know. And we can Give put it in the shout out. Yeah. yeah. So other than that, Karen, how about next week? What do you want to talk about? I don't know what you got. Bob Lazar. Oh, Bob Lazar. That's right. I'm going to call him and see if we can get him on the on the phone because this guy is like, he's the alien aficionado. Well, the stories go, at least according to him, that he worked at Area 51. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to kind of get... That's back on track, so to speak, but we're going to go down more of the traditional path next time, next week on UAP, when we talk about the uh, the accounts of Bob Lazar and what he saw, what he says he saw while working in Area 51. It's pretty wild stuff. There's some famous stories about him and the things that he saw, and we're going to cover it all next week. And hopefully, maybe, if we can reach out to him. Yeah, I'd maybe, love to be able to talk to him. Maybe we'll be able to talk to him. So find out with us if he's going to be on with us yeah. next week for episode 29 of UAP. But until then, make sure you check out UAP, Apple, Spotify, 850WFTL.com, wherever you get your podcast, you can download and listen to this one. Subscribe. Subscribe. Leave us five extraterrestrial stars, as we like to say, and catch up on previous episodes yes. that you may have missed or want to uh, find out what the heck were we talking about in the other ones. There's, and some, it, there's some, real, some doozies. And again, thank you to everyone for 
for listening to the show and for enjoying it. We're glad you're enjoying it and listening because the numbers are fantastic. So we hope you continue to enjoy it. It's, it's been great. We love doing it for you we and do. with you. We do. So until next time, it's Karen Curtis there. Stephen Diener here. Talk to you again next week on UAP.